I'm Shelby, and I'm from Reynoldsburg, Ohio. So what was broken on my car was really unique, and they did a wonderful job at tracking it down and had it there the next day and fixed. 3C dealt with my insurance, so I just got to sit back, and they took care of everything. I had my car back within a week, then somebody else hit it, and now I find myself back at 3C Body Shop. I would recommend 3C to family, friends, and anybody who's been an ex. 3C Body Shop. This is Ranger Prospect Wayne Krim, and you're listening to the Ranger Report podcast. I think you well, sound hot, so. <laughs> oh, damn. Okay. Go. I'm getting hit on by Jared Sandler. This is the Ranger Report podcast. News, insights, predictions, interviews, and information about the Texas Rangers from the major leagues to the minor leagues. And now, here are your hosts, Ben Dieter and C.J. Berryman. Welcome, everybody, to the Ranger Report Podcast. I am Ben Dieter. You can find me on Twitter at bdieter75. I am C.J. Berryman. You can find me at cjb underscore r. R. Lots of R's. And we are down to, uh, we are not down to, we are now a part of Rangers Nation and Dallas Sports Nation. And uh, they, we are proudly brought to you by them. You can find us on DallasSportsNation.com or just search Dallas Sports Nation on Google or just click in the notes of this podcast if you want to go visit them and it will be there as well. We're very thankful to be working with Dallas Sports Nation now. Yeah, that's, um, we, like we talked about on our, on our live podcast, we were so happy and, and wanting to announce it for like two weeks. We were like, we had to wait and, and you were actually more impatient than I was. Yeah, which is unusual, but I was super impatient waiting for that deal to get started. So, and speaking of being with Dallas Sports Nation, we are trying to go to spring training in March of this year, now that it is 2022. Um, and we are excited to be sponsored by whoever out there wants to sponsor. So we are looking actively for businesses, for people. I mean, you can go to our Patreon and, you know, give us a thousand dollars if you want. We'll accept it. We won't turn it down. No, no. It, unless you're Whataburger and you just give a free Whataburger for a year. That'd yeah, be great. We're, we are looking at you, Whataburger. But anyway, um, we are looking at anyone, <laughs> anyone that wants the opportunity to help send us to spring training. Please contact me, Ben at the Ranger Report.com, or you can contact uh, Dallas Sports Nation as well in the article that they put out about it for us very nicely. There's a couple of email addresses there you can go. And I also now have info at the Ranger Report.com if you want to email that one and uh, learn more about it, find out how. And I gave I gave different sponsorship levels, but obviously we'll take anything. If you want to give us a hundred bucks, we'll take it. We're not, we're not going to be picky. We're not going to complain. Um, if a thousand people that, want to give us each a dollar, we're not going to turn it down. <laughs> and uh, we will not disappoint. We promise you. No, we you will guys will not get, disappoint. You guys will get the great thing about this podcast is we're fans first. And then we do the show second. We're not professionals. We're not uh, well, CJ has been a professional, but we're not, uh, we're not professionals at this point. We're doing this because we love the team. We love covering it and we love bringing you guys the best fan coverage that we can get you. And if we're there, I'm telling you guys, you will get videos, you will get podcasts, you will get live podcasts, you will get articles. We're going to cover it like no fan team has ever covered it before. No, we're going to bring a, we're going to bring the hammer down for y'all. And by the way, I brought the professionalism to this show. Oh yeah. Big time. Yeah. Before, before you were here, there was no professionalism whatsoever. And then you showed up and now we're getting 17 million downloads a second. So that's thanks to CJ. 17 million. That would be, that would be awesome. If, if we were doing that, I think we'd be doing this for a living. 
Uh, yeah, every day. Every day. But also, I didn't mention, which I always like to mention it off the top, we're brought to you by Walton's. Waltonsinc.com, uh, meatgistics.com. Go check it out and buy stuff. Use the code RANGERS15 for 15% off your first order. And uh, coming up after this break here in a minute, which we'll actually play our Walton's ad, we'll have a, a very special guest in one Jared Sandler, CJ. Yep, we're going to have Sandler. And then tomorrow we're going to have another one. And then Friday we're going to have another one. And then Saturday we're going to have another one. So, and then we have another one next week. And then we have another one next week. So, we, we are, we, we, uh, we I don't know how we're going to put all these up. I'm sure tr- we're still trying to figure that out. Um, I might put Sandler and GR together depending on how long those conversations go. I may not. We'll find out. But for now, we have about five interviews coming up and we got to get uh, uh, Stella Sports Nation on with us somewhere in here, too. Yeah. And uh, I told y'all going into the new year, the Ranger report ain't going to, ain't going to screw around No, going into the new year. We are, guys, we are hitting it hard. We can announce we got Sandler and then TR Sullivan and Enrique Vanasco all this week. So those are all confirmed for this week. And then I have, and then, uh, and then we've got two more and we got two more confirmed for next week, but I'll mention one of them because we've had them before and that's Victor Rojas. Victor. We have Victor confirmed for next week. So, I mean, we're, we're just blowing and going right now. Like, like crazy. I like the way you said that blowing and going, blowing and like going, it. man. We are not slowing down. <laughs> I mean, I literally had to rush home from work on, on Monday when we're recording this to, or Tuesday, sorry, when we're recording this to get here, I was really hoping we didn't have students tomorrow, but we do, but yeah, I had to rush home <laughs> on Tuesday from work to make sure I was here in time to record this podcast. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, if you don't think we're working, look at Ben's face right now. Yeah. He, deli- he delivered presents on Christmas I did. And now now he's back home and and teaching and coming back here to do the Ranger Report podcast. That's right. All right. So after this break, we will have Jared Sandler from the Rangers Radio Network. Experience the joy of watching your friends and family's faces light up when you feed them wild game you harvested and made them delicious sausages or meat you barbecue and grill with the finest seasonings available. Visit our friends at Waltons.com to find everything you need to turn wild game into tasty meat snacks or spice up your barbecue with new flavors and seasonings. With over 500 seasonings to choose from, there's something that everyone will love. They even have step-by-step videos and how-to articles at Meatistics to help you go from animal to edible. Use coupon RANGERS15 at checkout to save 15% on your first order at waltons.com. Waltons, everything but the meat. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Ranger Report podcast. We are excited to be joined by Rangers Radio Network's Jared Sandler. Jared, how are you this? Hey, I'm so excited I cut you off, Uh, Ben. (laughs) Happy New Year, Jared. Happy New Year to you guys as well. All right, I think I think CJ is ready to roll. So CJ, go ahead with the first question. So is Rob Manfred an asshole, or is he an (laughs) asshole? Man, you know, it. I think uh, baseball is in a weird place, right? And 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 this is on the heels of the news that Ken Rosenthal was uh, essentially not brought back by MLB Network, perhaps because of uh, you know criticisms he's offered uh, for calling MLB. for calling it right. Yeah, and and you know <laughs> obviously in addition to that, we're in the middle of a lockout, so. Uh, you know, whatever role the commissioner plays and in, in that whole deal, you got that as well. I, 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 I want to at least start with this disclaimer. I, 
I don't know what it's like to be a commissioner of a sport. Uh, I don't know what sort of politicking and pressures from these billionaire owners who are your boss uh, or bosses. I don't know what that's like. Uh, it is, I think, very easy for for all of us, and and we're all guilty of it, myself included, to to sit here and say, man, you know, the commissioner should do this or do, should do that, and it seems so obvious. And you know what? Maybe there are things he also agrees are obvious, but there are other pressures that are preventing him from from doing those things. I don't know. What I will say in regards to the Ken Rosenthal stuff is that Ken is one of the best at his job in any sport. Yeah. Uh, you know, for 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 his peers and in, in in other sports and what he does. Uh, as far as what he does on multiple mediums and the reporting and the, the fairness, but the uh, incisiveness at, at times. I always think of the Dallas Cowboys when it comes to this sort of thing. And <laughs> don't, whether, don't bring them up right now. <laughs> uh, well, well, whether, whether you like Jerry Jones or not, one thing Jerry Jones, I think has always been great about is he's not going to, uh, he's not going to blacklist you. If you say something negative about the Cowboys, even, even if it's not totally fair because the Cowboys are talked about a ton and, Frankly, some of the criticism, uh, while maybe accurate, has not gone about in a very fair manner. But Jerry uh, has always been open to that. And I think when you do that, you encourage discussion and it's it's you're going to weed out the people who go about things unfairly. I, I think that people are going to be able to filter through that stuff. And Ken certainly does not have that reputation or anything close to that. So. I think it's unfortunate. Uh, I, I definitely think baseball is at a period of time right now in a place where it's at a crossroads and everyone's acknowledged that. And to then vilify and impact someone for simply acknowledging it to the extent to which Ken did uh, is a little hypocritical, especially when you're you're doing this while having conversations about how to grow the game, which Again, is it a place where it needs to grow? It needs to to adapt to the time. So it's unfortunate, uh, but you know, I, I'd say that he can redeem himself, Rod Man, for not not directly, but if if they can, the players and the owners can get together and work something out, end this lockout, and, and allow the game to grow, that would certainly be really important. Well, I'm glad you brought up Jerry Jones because that dude has taken so much scrutiny over the years, and you know what? He takes it. He handles it. Um, and so does, you know, I can't believe I'm going to say this Roger Goodell. Um, so Roger Goodell has handled the scrutiny he had. And now Rob Manfred was like, okay, y'all need a, a commissioner to, uh, to hate here, hold my beer. (laughs) Well, you know, it's, it's funny. I was thinking about this the other day and I know Rob Manfred was on the the Manning cast last night as well, but I mean, a few years ago, it seemed like, how's this guy going to survive? I mean, he, he, other than maybe Gary Bettman, uh, I don't know that there had been a commissioner that had been under as much scrutiny. And frankly, Gary Bettman just wasn't well liked. You know, I and I don't know that he was a, a good commissioner or not, or is a good commissioner or not. But he just was so uh, so despised. But like Rob uh, 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 Roger Goodell had been involved in you know some some controversial uh, incidents, whether it's, you know, him being in the middle of it or, or simply having a rule on it. And, you know, we, we don't really hear anything about Roger Goodell and frankly, nope. I thought he did a really good job dealing with the COVID stuff in 2020. And so Rob, there's definitely an avenue for Rob Manford to come out of this and, and, and curry favor and, and help 
you know, be a uniter as, as opposed to a separator, but uh, you know, he's certainly not helping himself right now, at least, at least publicly, it, it does not appear that way. No, yeah. I'm going to go before Ben goes on here. I'm going to go ahead and say, screw up Manfred. So, <laughs> no. and I, I dropped enough, I dropped enough F bombs on Twitter last night. <laughs> when I, when I, well, no, and I'm with Jared too. I mean, I don't, I don't know what it's like, obviously to run a sport. I'm a teacher, so I get plenty of abuse, but not the kind that he takes. So uh, it, it's, it's just crazy that, you know, I mean, it's gotta be a really difficult job and being that he did this while the lockout is going on, I think really didn't make him look good at all. I think that was probably the biggest problem. Yeah. And, and I don't know guys, and, and, and maybe I didn't look into it too much, you know, did it, I know it was reported yesterday. Did it happen yesterday? Uh, when yesterday. Did, yeah. I, I, so that's when it actually did happen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the, the timing's not great, uh, but I don't know that the timing for that would ever be great. No. You know, just because Ken is, is so well-respected. I mean, I can tell you there are a lot of writers and, and, and media folks and, and any sport that, are high profile like Ken is, and not all of them are as respected as he is. And he's uh, he is as respected as they come. And and so to uh, to to use him uh, to make an example out of him is maybe not it's, the most prudent move. It was shitty. I'll go ahead and say, yeah, it, it, it was yeah. not it was not the greatest move. I agree with that. Yeah. Well, let's let's move on to Rangers a little bit. Um, I know last year the Rangers really wanted this to happen. It didn't go well for him. Leody Tavares. I know they still want him. He, he definitely grew in the minors last year. Do you think Leodia still has a leg up for that center field spot this year or, or what? Yeah, I think he still has a, what, what I'd say is I think he has a leg up uh, in being the center fielder long-term. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think there's definitely a path for him to be the opening day center fielder. Um, I think the preference though is that if he is, it's because he absolutely 110%, no doubt about it, earned it. Uh, so I don't know how you can do that, though. You know, he had a good, good winter league in the Dominican. But, I mean, we all know spring training is spring training. So if a guy hits 400 in spring training, you know, in the moment, we're all we're all victims of the moment. Uh, you know, you, you're going to sit there and the dialogue is going to be, man, he's having a great spring training. You know, he he's really earned the job in center field. You know, all the riders are going to write that. And when we're forced to go and talk about meaningless spring training baseball on the radio, get asked that question, going to say that. But what does that really mean? You know, I don't know. Uh, I, I get the sense the Rangers would like him to earn it by playing well in AAA to start the year. Well, same thing with Josh Young, too. Earn it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I would say that maybe Josh Young, to some degree, has earned it just based on the performances he's delivered in the minors. Cause remember, you know, what's you, what's interesting about Leody is that it's not like if you look at his minor league numbers prior to last year, when after getting sent down and after slumping initially in AAA, he really started to put it together. He hadn't really had a ton of success. You know, you're not looking at a guy who, you know, had a 900 OPS in double a and was crushing a ball before that and was crushing low a before that. So, you know, whereas the difference with Josh Young and he very well might not be the opening day third baseman and, and who knows how the lockout and maybe an abbreviated spring training will impact that. But at least you can look at Josh Young and say two things. One, he's a college guy uh, who had a lot of success at the college level, a little more advanced. Uh, you know, he's about the same age as Leody, and he's also had that level of success in the minors, maybe not uh, for two, three years, but there's still been some uh, uh, 
some success uh, success you can point to. In in all cases, though, I think what the Rangers are really trying to establish is developing job competition. And I think one of the this happens on two levels, right? This happens at the major league level. A guy like Leody Tavares having to go to camp knowing that some veteran that they're probably going to sign who's not going to be a long-term option, but a 2022 option is going to have to, uh, he's going to have to beat him out for the job. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's the Rangers. I don't think right now are in a position where they want to uh, spend big bucks on a center fielder out of the possibility that in 2022, Leody shows he can be that guy, but he's going to have to earn it. And it might not be earned until May or June, but I think right now he still is the guy they'd like to be their center fielder long-term and then there's also the job competition that just goes on through the system, which they haven't had because they've been so thin. It's really tough for Joe prospect to feel any sort of job competition when he's the best at his position all through the minors. And the second best guy really isn't at that level, but now, you know, for instance, the infield crop in the minor leagues uh, with the trades the Rangers have made, you know, these guys are competing for, for jobs and opportunities from a ball. Now, you know, it's not like you're going to cruise through the minors. And I I just think there's value in that. I don't know how to quantify it. I don't know how to uh, calculate it, but I do think there's tremendous value in in having that sort of urgency and that sort of dangling carrot. And I think that's something the Rangers have really worked hard to create. And over the last couple of years has slowly started to do that. All right. Let's talk about the rotation in 2022, obviously John Gray coming in, you got Taylor Hearn, you got Dane Dunning. Uh, I've started to kind of change my tune on this uh, at the back end of the rotation. Man, AJ Alexi's kicked ass at every level he's he's pitched at, and he showed he's not afraid of the big league game. So, do you see him or in Glid Auto in the uh, rotation to start twenty twenty two? And do you see probably? Maybe they they hold some innings back on Alexi like they did uh, Dane Dunning last year and do a tandem thing with maybe a Kobe Allard. Uh, what do you think about the rotation next year? Yeah, I, so I definitely think. First of all, I, I I don't know that the Rangers are definitely done in, in terms. No, of, no, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. You know, definitive like guys who are definitely going to be in the rotation, whether that's Clayton Kershaw, and I do think that's a coin flip. I you know I, I think that's as real of a possibility as it's ever been, and maybe ever will be. Uh, or, or just any other pitcher who, not to say that this is Clayton Kershaw, he's not just a guy to eat innings, but you know, they could go the, the Jordan Lyles type route, not Jordan Lyles specifically here already signed a deal, but someone like that, who, you know, a veteran who will eat innings for you. I, I think that you will see AJ Alexi. I think you will see Glenn Otto. I think you will see, uh, you know, Spencer Howard, uh, and, and, and maybe some other guys who we have yet to see at the major league. Hopefully level. Jake Latz. <laughs> yeah. Jake Latz is, is another one. And, and Ricky Venasco, depending on how he eases back into, uh, you know, competitive pitching coming off of injury. I think you'll see these guys. I don't think you'll see any of them, uh, start to finish for the entire year. Yeah. Uh, or if you do, it's going to be in, in, you know, there's going to be a stretch where it's a limited role, right? You know, there's no reason for these guys to, uh, get pushed to the brink in, in 2022 uh, when the future and, and their best years are, are certainly in the, uh, you know, up ahead. I, I think, you know, who will be in the rotation, you're going to have Dane Dunning, you'll have John Gray, you'll have Taylor Hearn for sure. I, I think that, you know, the Rangers invested quite a bit in, in Spencer Howard, just in terms of that trade. I think Spencer Howard's going to get every opportunity 
to be in the rotation. And then there's that fifth and maybe sixth spot. Uh, one of, you know, one of those spots could be occupied by a, a free agent acquisition. Heck, you know, they might have two spots occupied by a free agent acquisition. Maybe Spencer Howard isn't in the rotation. Uh, but the reality is guys get hurt. Uh, you don't go start to finish with five starters. If you sign Clayton Kershaw, I don't think he's going to be ready for April, might not be ready for May uh, yeah. from what I've heard. You know, I don't know that there's anything definitively released on that. So you're going to need eight, nine, 10 starters. And those guys will certainly be a part of that. But much like, as you guys mentioned with Taylor Hearn and, and not being a starter, uh, the entire year and, and, and really spending 60% of the year as a reliever or a limited starter. Uh, I think that you'll see uh, you'll see guys utilized in that way, whether it's the guys you've mentioned or even guys who are this year's AJ Alexi and that, you know, someone who we're not necessarily talking about as being a potential Texas Ranger in 2022, that maybe Zach Kent, the minors, what's that? <laughs> maybe Zach Kent. Good. Zach, I mean, yeah, you know, with the way he, the year he had last year, absolutely, yeah. you know, definitely a candidate. So uh, I, I think that, you know, the, the rotation is again going to be a little bit of a revolving door, but I think starting to become so it, for better, not for worse, right? It, it, it's not the, with all due respect to these guys, the revolving door with it, you know, Ariel Harado and Johander Mendez and guys here like, man, I just don't see a future. I think it's guys who uh, have, have potential and could be a part of the future. It's just whether or not they're ready to really strike yet. Yeah. And some of these guys are going to wind up trade pieces, which will be good as well. Cause you know, we've Absolutely. got so many good pitchers right now. We didn't even mention Cole Wynn is another, you know, fantastic yeah. pitcher. And Jack Leiter. And yeah, Jack, and maybe, of course, Jack Leiter. Maybe a deal happens when the uh, lockout ends. I'm, I'm kind of predicting a deal for a Sonny gray, maybe to come in. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, Luis, yeah, you know, the, all the Tyler Malley, yep. Sonny Gray, yep. Luis Castillo. I mean, it, it seems yeah. like all those guys are on the table and would be interested, uh, interesting acquisitions to the Rangers. I agree. All right, let's switch gears a little bit. We talked to Eric Nadell a couple of weeks ago, and he had mentioned that you guys have started doing a lot more three-man booth stuff. They bring brought you in a lot more during the year when uh, he said, well, when things kind of go south and, and you need topics to talk about, he said they brought you. It- diversionary tactics. Yeah. He called it diversionary tactics is what Eric said when they, when they bring you or depending on if, if it's not you, if you're in the booth, you know, it's, um, Oh, I can't remember his name. Who's the guy that, uh, Mark. Comes in, yeah. No, the guy that comes in in your place in the studio. Zach oh, thank you. Zach Wolchuk. Wolchuk. I, yeah. I knew yeah, it started Wolchuk. with a Z, yeah. but I couldn't think of his name, but anyway, has that been enjoyable? And you think that'll kind of, kind of keep going, uh, going forward, kind of the three man thing. Well, I mean, I definitely love interacting with them, you know, yeah. and, and especially when we're all together, uh, makes it a lot easier. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, those diversionary tactics, a lot of times come into play when it's a blowout and when yeah. you, you know, lose a hundred games, you're typically on the wrong end of that. So hopefully for different reasons, you know, in 2016, <laughs> when we really started to, uh, implement, you know, I'd say at that point it was, uh, you know, it, a, a two and a half man booth, you know, I was, I, I'd come in from time to time, but it was, it, it was because, you know, I'd, I'd add to the conversation about the things the Rangers were doing well, you know, maybe it's uh, this, this player now is doing this or that, or this accomplishment or that or whatever. Uh, hey, you know, gosh, how about this? Uh, you know, the Ranger, there is a Ranger who is in a, a statistical race with someone else, uh, around the league, you know, we kind of had that in May with the Dolis Garcia and the player of the month race with Marcus Simeon, uh, oddly enough. And, and just, I, I think 
I, while I enjoy the moments that you're going to inevitably have over 162 games where there's a blowout and, and we get to have some fun and maybe take our foot off the, the full throttle baseball pedal. Uh, definitely also enjoy the Rangers uh, giving us uh, a, a guide to talk about things that are meaningful and, and pertinent to the 2022 team. And uh, I just love, you know, being able to talk ball with them and uh, you know, hopefully people enjoy listening to us. certainly them. I mean, you know, I try to stay out of the way, right. I'm the, I'm the kid in the back seat of the car. They're driving the car. Uh, and, uh, you know, when uh, it's speak one spoken to type of thing, but I'm, I, I just love being a part of it and, and at minimum being a fly on the wall for their conversations. Yeah. That, that's kind of what I felt like when we had Nadell on, when he was answering questions, I didn't want to ask him another one. I just wanted him to keep talking and talking and talking. Yeah. <laughs> that voice, man. I mean, I grew up on that voice. So, you know, it, Me it too. Was, yeah. it's kind of surreal. I've, I've actually interviewed him three times and each time it's been kind of surreal. Like, wow, I'm talking to Eric Nadell, you know, yeah. I mean, not that all these other guys we interview, including you aren't awesome as well, but you know, when you grow up listening to a guy, it's just like amazing to be able to sit there and actually interact with him personally. But uh, sure. on, on that, another thing he said that I wanted to ask you about was the, he said they don't really pay him for calling the games they pay him for the research that, that goes into calling the game so now that you're preparation kinda, yeah the preparation now that you're interacting more do you look up more stuff or are you kind of a, a stat nerd that looks all that up either way whether you're calling the game or not yeah i mean i try prepare uh, you know is if i'm doing the game if i'm not doing the game i'd say the preparation is just they're, they're, it's a little different um but you know i definitely try and prepare to help support Matt and Eric, you know, I, I, I send them stuff, you know, as the game unfolds and their focus and attention has to be on calling the game. And I've got the opportunity to maybe dive in on something, whether the game itself dictated it, or maybe they just happen to go down a path and talk about something. Uh, you know, I just, I, I want to support them however I can. Uh, so I'm, I'm constantly preparing. I love the research. It's still, it's still fun. I'm sure if I'm lucky enough to do this for 40 more years, you know, at some point, you know, maybe you got to do some things to, to change it up and keep it interesting. But I just think uh, baseball has got so much, so much data and, and, you know, sometimes that's not the best thing, you know, maybe it, it waters some stuff down, but there's so many different things you can pursue so many uh, different uh, wormholes you can go down and uh, I love doing it and I love preparing. And, uh, but that is, I mean, it, it's, it takes a lot of time. You're doing it every single day. And, you know, every day it's a new picture every day. Uh, you know, there's a new, a new angle or seven that you can take and every three or four days, it's a totally new team that you're facing. So, uh, there's a lot of research, a lot of preparation, uh, but it's, it's definitely a lot of fun. I just think this game is so fascinating and, and the research, uh, and the preparation helps illuminate that. Yeah. One thing we oh. did, one thing we did in 20, in 2020 and going into 2021 is we did a 64 player Rangers bracket. Uh, one half of it was, I think 1989 back. And then the other half was 1990 up. And we put a bracket together to figure out who the greatest Ranger of all time was by voting. And the amount of research that I put into that, I think I spent four or five months getting ready, making sure I didn't irritate someone by having the wrong player in there or not the right player in the right seed. And oh my goodness. And I got ripped by a few people when I got that thing put together, but it turned out that Pudge won, which didn't surprise me. Yeah. I was about to, Oh man, you ruined it, Ben. It came down, it came down to Pudge and Michael Young. Yeah. Damn it! You keep ruining it. I was going <laughs> to ask him who the top four would have been uh, in his in his mind. Who would who would have made the top four well, bracket? It depends on. I mean, 
no one likes this guy, but I mean, the reality is the best player to ever wear a Rangers uniform. It was just for three years. Is Alex Rodriguez. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, I agree. He, he is. Yeah, and he mean, got, what, he got knocked yeah. out early just because fans yeah. don't like him. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to place a vote for him, but if you wanted to remove all emotion and <laughs> sentimentality, what I, you know, well, we don't do that, Jared, we're, we're fans <laughs> yeah. here. So, you know, I, I think I, I'd imagine Adrian Beltre got consideration. Yeah. Uh, he was top four. Yeah. You know, I, I think as far as like where guys are relative to their position in history, I mean, Pudge is arguably the greatest catcher of all time. So yeah. the Rangers have not had a single other player who is arguably the greatest at fill in the blank position at all time, unless you want to consider a rod, um, you know, Nolan Ryan as great as he was, I don't think is, you know, considered the greatest pitcher of all he time. He was also top, top four. five. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and Nolan's going to be in there. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate. This guy has no connection to the, the organization, but I mean, Juan Gonzalez was an incredible player. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's so unfortunate with that him was my it, toughest yeah. one between yeah. one and two seed. I wound up making him a two seed, but that was really difficult for me not to put him as a first seed. By yeah. the way, does, does his son look exactly <laughs> like him? He, yeah, he does. I mean, last time I saw him, he, you know, I haven't seen, I haven't seen his son in a while. I think he was at UTA or, or wherever he was playing football or baseball. Um, but yeah, and uh, you know, I'd love to see Juan. It's the 50th year. The Rangers are celebrating the 50th year of the organization this year. Last year uh, was the 50th season, so they'll celebrate it this year. And you know, it'd be great to get an appearance from Juan or something. It's just, it's, it's so sad that I mean, you think about it for the Rangers, some of the 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 most impactful players in franchise history. Juan Gonzalez uh, is a wall. Uh, from the organization, uh, you got Alex Rodriguez, who's just kind of persona non grata, and Rafael Palmero is kind of Palmero, yeah. He, he, you know, he's kind of around. I know he was there for the last year, Globe Life Park, and some of the proceedings. But uh, you know, I don't know that he's around a ton. You do have Pudge, obviously, Michael Young, and Adrian Beltre is around enough, and and will continue to be around more and more as he gets further removed from his career. But uh, man, it would be great to have Juan uh, just. Once every couple of years, make an appearance. I think yeah. the fans would obviously place him, uh, you know, with open arms. So I got a bone to pick with you. Yeah. So about half the season, I made the home run pick on Twitter. Well, and I never picked you, right? Not <laughs> once, not once. And I, I mean, when Yoel Pozo got called up, I'd like tweeted you immediately. And I said, Hey, Give me, give me the home run pick. He's going to hit a homer in his debut, and you didn't do it. You CJ, you're too, you're too famous, CJ. <laughs> let me, yeah, I think that's a part of it. Uh, but let me, let me let you no, know. No, no, no. The the biggest beating is I, I I love doing the home run thing, uh, and unfortunately, because the Rangers just haven't been very good, I don't get nearly as many submissions as as. You know, I did when we. So you should have picked it. me then. Damn it! Well, I, I honestly, I just kind of look and and I used to for like three or four years. I used to like keep a detailed list of everyone who had been picked, and I would always check before I I selected a particular person whether or not they'd been picked. And this year, I just kind of gave up on the list uh, midway through. I just kind of got tired <laughs> of it. But I probably eyeballed. You know, like I. If I, I honestly probably thought that you had already been picked just because, you know, I know the people who you were wrong. Yeah, that's, that's on me. I I am open for suggestions. I would love to keep running the home run pick game without actually 
having to send the tweet and make the the selection. So if you have any <laughs> any suggestions, please, by all means. Well, we got time to think about it. <laughs> yeah, before season starts. Yeah. No, yeah. so let's let's change it up and let's talk about the bullpen. Uh John King should be back next year. Uh Brett Martin should be back. And you know, there there's a whole lot of a lot of uh moving parts that should happen at the bullpen. And obviously uh Joe Barlow and you're gonna have Jonathan Hernandez and Jose LeClerc back next year at some point, probably around May, I believe. So what do you think the bullpen is going to look like next year? Yeah. Uh, well, I, 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 you know, just like probably most years, it's going to be again, a, a little bit of a, a taxi service, uh, you know, Nick Snyder, hopefully will, you know, can stay healthy and be a part of things. Uh, You know, Barlow, you mentioned LeClerc and Hernandez, middle of the year. Uh, You know, I think you're going to see some of these, you know, like a Colby Allard type, a John King type who, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, I think it's probably best that John King stays as a reliever. Um, Although, you know, if he wants to become a multi-inning reliever, it just seems like that's more and more of uh, a role in, in major league bullpens than it ever has been. Uh, you know, Josh Spores. I, you know, it's going to be names that, that again, it, names that we, uh, that we've heard. And then there's in, invariably going to be guys that we're not even considering. DeMarcus Evans uh, is another one. Jimmy Hurricane, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think, uh, and, and as you like, you know, we mentioned Ricky Venasco and, and a guy we didn't mention, Yeri Rodriguez. Like, are those yep. guys, Ronnie Enriquez, you know, they yep. come up maybe as relievers and then transition to the bullpen just because now, again, because of this multi inning role and it's, it's really multiple, you know, it's, it used to be, you'd have that one long reliever, but now you kind of have a long reliever, but you got in some bullpens, three or four guys who, you know, they're ready to give you two, three innings. And so it's a lot easier to maybe transition that, uh, that minor league starter into the majors by having them, it accomplishes two things. It can kind of monitor the innings while also easing them in. So I think you'll see a lot of that, you know, the Rangers will probably go and make a, a move or two for the bullpen, uh, you know, one area in which the Rangers don't have a lot of currency is is guys who, if they do end up being in a position where they want to be sellers of the deadline, guys who uh, offer something appealing to other teams. Don't have uh, that Kennedy type right now. Yeah. And so maybe they go and, and try and make a couple of those types of moves. Uh, you know, the bullpen is the easiest thing to fix. I, I, I'm not saying it is easy to fix, but, uh, you know, the, the the best way to. I, I guess refresh Rangers fans and how this works when your team is good is, you know, the 2015 season, the Rangers, uh, the beginning of the year, their bullpen was atrocious. That was when Neftali Feliz was the closer and then lost it to Sean Tolleson. And the bullpen was just an utter mess. And then uh, next thing, you know, you get Jake Diekman and Sam Dyson and everything kind of starts to fall into place. And that bullpen became a huge strength. So the bullpen as a unit is not challenging. It's not challenging to overhaul it within a season. Uh, and you really only start to see teams invest in the bullpen when they're they're ready to go for it. And the Rangers aren't quite there yet. Uh, so, you know, I, I wouldn't expect to see any big time investments in the bullpen, but I wouldn't be surprised to see some veterans get added between now and the start of the season. Yep. Uh, well, well, you you brought up my next point that I wanted to ask you. If you look in Jared Sanders, Jared Sandler's crystal ball, will they be competitive in 2023, in your opinion? 2023. Yeah. Yeah. 2023. I mean, Listen, I think they're going to be competitive this year. I, I don't know, you know, I don't think that necessarily means the playoffs. Although, yeah. if they expand the playoffs to fourteen teams, I mean, you know, who knows? 
Uh, but, you know, to me, there are obviously various levels of, of being competitive. I, I don't, I think, I think this team after the trade deadline will be playing meaningful baseball. Now that might mean they're five games back of a wild card on August 7th with four teams in front of them, but that's still meaningful baseball. Uh, and so I do think that they're going to be in that sort of a conversation. And, and certainly I think the hope is in 2023, uh, they are absolutely in a position where not making the playoffs isn't maybe a failure, but I think going into the year, making the playoffs is an expectation internally, realistically, at least. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I'm a big believer that, you know, in the NFL, you have a 17 game season. You can say you are who you are, but you get little lucky, uh, you know, get a, in, a, just get a, in well, an 11 win team could, could drop to a, a nine win team with just a little bit of bad luck or vice versa. You know, I think in a 162 game season, that luck really does even out. And so if you're an 85 win team, you can go 20 and five to start the year. But if you're an 85 win team, you're going to win 85 games. And so, you know, my hope is that the Rangers, whatever they are, they don't get off to such a bad start to where they're constantly working from the bottom up. I, I hope that they are competitive enough early on to where that stretch of meaningful baseball does extend into August and maybe even early September so that these young guys get that experience. I think that stuff is really meaningful. Again, I don't know how to quantify it, but I do think it, it is uh, it is a beneficial uh experience for guys to play games that mean something and the Rangers unfortunately just haven't had that in a while and see my right now with the way the roster looks I'm predicting 80 wins or hope for 80 wins and I'm sure that's not shooting high but that's where we're at right now yeah I, um, I, I'd say I, I think 80 wins I mean my guess is Vegas has the Rangers barring you know, a big time move and Clayton Kershaw, especially with his health, that is, he is not a five win type move. I, I imagine the, the Vegas has the Rangers somewhere in the mid seventies, which remember guys, you know, 10 win improvement from one year to the the next is that's great. Yeah. Uh, you know what the giants did last year. That's, that's the exception. That's not the rule. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I, I think 80 wins would be awesome for this team and it would not be a bad year. And, you know, as long as you continue to get growth in the minors and you go into next off season and, you know, you spend a little more money and maybe the focus is now a little bit more on the mound. Uh, all of a sudden you're starting to put together a team that's going to be really, really tough to beat. All right. Let's look forward to your 2021 favorite moments. I know it was a shitty season <laughs> <laughs> and you had to be there every day. Uh, so what was your favorite 2021 moment? This isn't one moment. Oh, okay. If it, if it was one moment, Adolis Garcia's walk-off home run against the against Astros. Astros. Yep. Yeah. And that magical. I mean, that, that month in general uh, was so much fun. You and know, then it took a Adoles. huge downturn immediately <laughs> afterwards. It did. We're, we're going to enjoy the, the month of May and forget what happened after, but you know, we got lucky. We had, we had Adolis in May and Joey in June. I mean, yeah. those guys, you know, were each, I mean, the, the fact that Joey Gallo was an all-star, uh, after the way his season started was incredible. You know, it was like, is this guy ever going to hit a home run? And, 
you know, he really, really got it going. And, and Adolis in May and Joey in June were so much fun to watch. Well, in June, so, didn't he, Joey hit like it was 10 homers in eight games? Is yeah, I don't right? remember. I don't know if it was 10 and eight, but he, he went on some sort of remarkable stretch uh, and was just he was a machine. I mean, it was like 2019, Joey, uh, you know, before he got hurt. It was like this is one of the best players in baseball. I mean, he's playing that way. Yeah, uh, especially in the outfield. Yeah, you know, it was outstanding. I I think, you know, if I were to pick a moment, though, other than the Adolis home run, it, it's probably the moment uh, on the road trip. And gosh, for the life of me, I forget where we were. But when uh, uh, Woody shared who the All-Stars were uh, and that. It was oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it was going to be Adolis and, and Kyle and Joey just because. And and not to say that all-star, you know, anyone just doesn't care about being an all-star, but, you know, it was so meaningful for all three of them. Uh, you know, it wasn't like Mike Trout is just another all-star game, you know, for Adolis, this is a guy who was, was a nobody and, and, and emerged as an everyday player at an age where you typically don't do that and everything he's overcome. And, and with Kyle Gibson coming off the worst year of his career and, and his first and likely, I mean, just being honest, likely his only all-star nod. And for Joey. Well, and, 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 and for, for Kyle, sorry, I interrupt you, buddy, but uh, Kyle became one of the best pitchers in baseball at that point. Yeah. And, and I mean, that was, it was huge for him. Yeah. And, and Joey just, and I think Joey plays with this chip on his shoulder that I'm, I, he, look, Joey, Joey is a very aware person. He knows what everyone says about him. He knows that there are a lot of people who don't think he's a good player and they Heroes. appreciate mm. what he Won't does. Get into that. And so you know, I think for Joey to, to earn another all-star berth, especially after the way his season started, I think yeah. meant a lot to him as well. Jared, what yeah. is your go-to at Whataburger? Well, I mean, I love the honey butter chicken biscuit. Is that a, <laughs> that, that seems to be it. That seems to be it. No, that seems yeah. to be the favorite. Now, several Everybody players have said that as well, that that's their favorite thing. At yeah. I mean, the breakfast taquitos are great. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, I mean, gosh, it's just really tough for me if I have the opportunity to get to, to get the honey butter chicken biscuit, not to get it. There was like <laughs> a special item that Dr. Pepper, something or another barbecue deal. That was really good. Um, but I, you know, I don't think you can ever go wrong with a, a bacon cheeseburger. So the, I think it's like the, what the bacon and cheese, what a burger I'm a, a big yeah. fan of. Yeah. So my, my theory is I just go up there and I close my eyes and throw a dart at the menu <laughs> and just yeah. order whatever hits it, you know, yeah. the, whatever it hits. One of the best ones we got, uh, Levi Weaver from the athletic gave us a, a good insider tip yes. he said that, that he likes the, uh, the uh the spicy what is it what is it called the buffalo ranch chicken the strip buffalo sandwich. ranch chicken strip sandwich but he said but he that's said, only on the on the menu part time so he said what you do is you get the honey butter barbecue or the honey barbecue chicken strip sandwich but ask them to sub the buffalo sauce on top and he said you can get that sandwich whenever you want he said in case you don't know you can do that so, so he gave me a pro tip i didn't even know about waterburger that's uh yeah levi's levi's full of those life hacks He's, and we uh, said that <laughs> we said that to uh i forget who oh i think it was jeff wilson and jeff wilson said i didn't realize levi ate so I thought that was a pretty funny response. Yeah, I don't know that. I think Levi's the only person I know who uh, gets thinner by about ten pounds every year. <laughs> yeah, John Moore said, uh, "All we did, well, all we ever see him do is drink coffee." So yeah, we're surprised to see him. Right. Well, Jared, thank you so much for your time this evening. You got it, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, right, buddy. Then, have uh, a good we, one. Yeah, have a good night. Take care, guys. See you. Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report podcast. Find us on Twitter. Facebook, 
and at therangerreport.com.